Real conversation, real connection. It's Real Life with John Cowan on Newstalk ZB. G'day, welcome to Real Life. I'm John Cowan and my guest tonight is Liam Hare, a Manawatu lawyer, father of three, who writes lots and lots of columns and articles on politics and society from a conservative perspective. Welcome, Liam. Hello. It's lovely to talk to you. I've heard a lot of people mention you and so it's great to have this opportunity of talking to you and uh, you're very well known. Uh, people uh, cite you, but, they are, but I have said it to a few people that I'm talking to you and they say... Liam Hare. How do you spell that so they could Google it? <laughs> yeah. And then I have to spell it again and spell it again. And yeah. yeah. So That's the story of my life. Is about, I have to do that four or five times a day. <laughs> For those that do want to Google, it's H-E-H-I-R. Which, uh, yeah, which, it's, a, it's, a, it's an unusual, and it's pronounced without the, um, just like the hair in your head, which is, it's, an, it's, an, it's an Irish surname from the west coast of Ireland. Achir. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. It's something like that. But at some point, the family just um, d- decided to adopt a non-phonetic pronunciation. So right. yeah, it's the bane of my life. And even though it looks vaguely Middle Eastern, it's yeah, it's good and, and Gaelic. <laughs> and been around yeah, yeah, in New Zealand for a long time. Well, it has. I mean, I, as far as I know, um, you know, we are the original hares in New Zealand. And, you know, we, I've lived um, out here in a little village called Rongatia, and we've, we've lived in this district for... Um, it was the 1870s, um, but uh, it's my my dad had uh, was one of twelve uh, brothers and sisters, and so the, the name has spread out throughout the country. But um, and most of them um, uh, draw their draw their family back here. Right. So you mentioned your your, your uh, twelve, uh, well, your uncles and aunts and your father, and um, you've written very affectionately about your grandmother, and is she still oh, with I'll, you? She's a Yes, she's a very special lady to me. She's um, she's ninety seven. Um, she lives on the family farm still. Um, yeah. So very independent. Still, still driving like a maniac. Um, I don't know how long <laughs> that's going to go on for. Well, there's not but, many callers uh, yeah, to no. get around down in your way, is there? You're just heading a straight line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's, um, it, she's she's a she's a remarkable uh, woman, and um, I just I have so much admiration for her. No. I um. I hope she's not listening because I missed math today. <laughs> oh, right. Well, look, she's and she's in with the Pope, isn't she? She got a medal from the Pope. <laughs> she did. Yeah, no, she got the. I mean, it's 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 probably not as big a deal as we might think it is, but um, you know, if you're being a faithful Catholic for a lot of years and do a lot of service for the church, you get you get a Benamarenti medal from the Pope, and you know, and it was a big deal for her when she got it. So it was a great. It was, it was a good day. Okay, so. As well as producing a family of twelve, and is it thirty-four grandchildren and new and multitude of great grandchildren? You mentioned uh, she is still a very loyal Catholic, and that's rubbed off on you, and that's rubbed off on your columns, hasn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, that's part of my life. I mean, I think you know, you know, it's um, it wasn't like I had an overly. I mean, she's a she's a very faithful um woman. Um, but I didn't have an overly religious upbringing. I mean, I would. Well, I would say I came to the Catholic Church really only in my twenties in any kind of, I suppose, intellectual way. Is that um, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she has a much. I mean, my, my grandmother has a much better faith than I do. She, my grandmother has. My grandmother has a faith that's simply based on, you know, trust. Really, yeah. tr- tr- trust in God. And 
you know, whereas I have a, um, a, a, a I suppose, a, a, a more, probably a more sort of philosophical and therefore deficient um, view of things, but it's certainly a big part of my life. Now, it's interesting that you say that you embraced it later in life because I've had a lot of people on the show that have mentioned their Catholic upbringing, and even though they would still claim to have a Catholic flavour to their morality and their social conscience, it was pretty obvious that they were a little distant from the sort of the creedal heart of the Catholic faith. And so I wondered yeah. whether or not whether that early upbringing almost inoculated them against it, whereas you coming to it as an adult perhaps saw something that they'd been numbed out of, if well, that makes well, sense. Well, I think, yeah, to me, I mean, to me, I think, um, I mean, you really hit on something that, that, that's very real. And I think um, what, it, what it more is, I think, is if you talk to people who are raised Presbyterian or Anglican or, uh, you know, some sort of Protestant denomination, you know, they, they don't, they're equally likely to have fallen away from their ancestral faith, but they possibly haven't retained the same cultural um, uh, sort of uh, trappings or cult- cultural mindset that Catholicism sort of uh, puts into your bones, really. And you can't you can't get away from it. It's such a totalizing um, sort of philosophy and, yeah. and way of being. Yes, yeah, so, they, they so say what, always a Catholic, even if they uh, even yeah. if they haven't uh, nodded towards God for, yeah, for decades. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and and that and that's very much the view of the um, Catholic Church. Too. You can't you can't actually leave the Catholic Church. The Catholic, about five years ago, the Church got rid of the process with. But disaffiliating from it. So, <laughs> from our perspective, <laughs> you know, once you're in, you're in. That's it. There's, there's, you can't you can't leave voluntarily or anything. You, once you're baptized, you're you're in the club forever, and um, <laughs> and, 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 and it all, they'd always take you back. Oh, so what 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 about um, uh, what do they call it when they dis excommunication? Can't you even get excommunicated now? You, um, you can't get excommunicated, but that, that's just a punishment. I mean, that's not a punishment. That's a well, I suppose it's more of a um, corrective um, measure, I suppose. But yeah. you're still, um, you know, you're not out of the club. You know, oh. it's, a, it's a suspension from participation at oh, most, I, I think. Well, it's a great way to keep the stats up, though, isn't it? You're either a Catholic, ah, yeah, exactly. you're either a Catholic or a bad Catholic. <laughs> or a... <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's one way of looking at it. Well, anyway, your, your, your faith, though, is more than just that nominal flavour, isn't it? You actually... Yeah, yeah. You, you I mean, believe a, the, you believe it. Look, I, look, I, I do. I mean, I, look, I mean, that's to me. Look, I like every like any thinking person. I have my moments of doubt and my moments of weakness and my moments of extreme anxiety about those things. Uh, but uh, it's it is part of my life. It's you know, I believe I, I believe that. The Catholic Church um, is the, is the church. I believe it's the same church that was founded way back when, two thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's a hard thing. It's, it, people think you're loony when you when you mention it, um, you know. And it's certainly if you're doing, if you're doing any media work, you know, you're, you're as rare as, as anything. Um, but I I will not. I don't um, play it. I don't try to. I don't consciously try to bring it up. Mm. But I but I don't shy away from it either. You know, it's just part of who I am. Well, I did see in a number of the columns that I wrote, you were you you um, were claiming your Catholic, your Catholic faith and uh, and saying this is perhaps why I I think this way or that way. But uh, yeah, well, so you obviously it's, it's are. Germain. Yeah, it's, it's germane, right? I mean, sometimes it's going to be germane to a 
to a, a, a reason for why I'm taking the stance that I do, or it's a it's a relevant disclosure to make. Now, and, now, and it, when you do take, a, say, a Catholic stance on something like the end of life bill or something like that, do you say I am taking this view because I'm a Catholic, and or do you say? Uh, I take this view because it's pragmatic and practical and logical and the, and right, and it also happens to line up with my Catholic faith. Yeah, well, that's a really interesting thing, and I've had a lot of conflict with people over the over the years about that. And so, I think it's, I think people people often they, they deserve to know that you have that principled religious objection, right? So that even if it was legal, mm-hmm. um, I, st- I still wouldn't approve of it. Yeah, but but there are there are different. Uh, ways in which that kind of morality can has, has sort of import from public affairs, and so um, you, you take the example. I always take the example of theft, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you know, uh, theft is a um, is you know considered to be a sin um, religiously. Um, one of the one of the commandments. I'm not sure which one. Oh, are, you know, I'll, I'll um, have to check with my Protest- Protestant friends like to see whether or not that's in the. That's <laughs> right, but you know, but if, 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 even if it wasn't, if 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 the theft wasn't a sin, it would still be something that we would not permit under the under the law because yeah. you know, just from a sociological perspective, it's bad. And in, in the same way, I would never argue that. Um, you know, church attendance on a Sunday should be mandatory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, 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 that despite what a, your that, grandmother that, says, despite what your yeah, grandmother says, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's a private hair family law. Um, but in terms of the civil law, you know, that that is a pure um, a, a sort of would be a pure exercise of theocracy, or you know, sort of, and and so it's different if you if you if your if your values. Are sensible to secular reasoning and mm-hmm. the way that you know if you have a if you have a appreciation for um, or if you if you have a serious reverence for the ideal of human life, well, actually, yes. that's something that you, you don't have to be religious to have that. And there are plenty of people who are atheists who also think, look, human life has a sort of inviolable quality to it, which is why they're against, for example, mm. the, the death penalty. Yeah, but like not that. everybody falls in the same. With, ends up with the same answers. They might start in the same place of having immense respect for humanity and their fellow man, and every, yeah. and, and but they but they end up with a a, a different formulation of how that morality yep. hits the ground. And look, we live in a, we live in a democracy, right? And yep. it's a pluralistic democracy, and so we have we have to make our arguments in ways that you know appeal to that the common good on a secular basis. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you can't bring um, the uh, you can't bring your values to that. You just can't. can't you can't base it on right. your sort of revealed religion. Have you ever had a, the same? Have you ever had a sense of conflict between where your logic and secular arguing ends up and where your faith would tell you? No, I, look, I honestly don't think so. Um, because you know, I, look, for, for example, right? The, you know, the, um, my religion is very strict on divorce, right? Mm. It, it, you know, but. And in, in, in fact, it's, it's much stricter on divorce than is on, on anything else, really, almost. But you know, in a, in my day to day life and in my legal practice and uh, in the, the law and uh, just the people who meet every day, divorce is a fact of life because we have had that discussion as a um, as a society, and mm-hmm. we have just made the made the decision. And the decision is is that um, you know New Zealand in the twenty first century is a is a society that has divorce is uh, is, a, is a norm. It's, a, it's just accepted as part of human freedom. And 
as long as you know people aren't being coerced to violate their religion, that that settlement just has to be respected. And it's the, it's the same thing with with uh, anything any uh, sort of live political issues. To the extent that I you know that my that my uh, religious value is consonant or consistent with a secular one, mm-hmm. um, it's a valid argument to make. It's uh, it, it's uh, it, you know I, I'll, I'll I'll argue very strongly for it. Mm-hmm. But I, but we're not going. But 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 once that battle's lost, it's it's, it's lost in a way, right. and, uh, it's, and it's and it's not the end of the world as long as you've got the ability to have your conscientious objection, and people aren't forced to violate their mm. own belief. Of course, what a lot of people would do is um, they find that their religion is very plastic. Now maybe. Um, Catholicism isn't as pliable as some, but uh, Jesus seems to be recruited into every particular political shade and uh, yeah. on the spectrum. But I'll, I'll talk to you more about this. We've got to go sure. and make some money for the company, and so we'll be back <laughs> in just a minute. My guest tonight is Liam Hare, a columnist and political commentator and uh, a man with some very interesting views. I'm going to be plumbing a few more of these ideas after the break. This is Real Life on News Talk ZB. Intelligent interviews with interesting people. It's real life on News Talk ZB. Night swimming deserves a quiet night. I'm not sure all these people understand. It's not like years ago. bit of REM being picked by my guest tonight, Liam Hare, and uh, I, I heard a few words in there like people don't understand and not like long ago, and I'm thinking, oh yeah, that sounds like a conservative song. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that song is very, it's evocative for me of, um, you know, what it brings to mind is when I was about, you know, I was about 24, 25, I'd been working for a couple of years, I was being married, and, and my wife was pregnant with our first um, first boy and we and I went out with a whole lot of mates from university it was kind of like the last hurrah really for us we, we went out to a beach house my wife graciously let me go and you know we played games and got really drunk and fell asleep on the set in the sand and the next morning I woke up and I just felt just awful like just sick because I just couldn't do it anymore and it was sort of like well you know, this is the end. This is, I, I'm, I'm too old for this now, and this is the end of that period of my life. And now it's time to be better, more responsible. And so it was. A, it was a great sort of night to go out, but it just has that bittersweet sort of connotation to it. And that song always brings back that memory. So, you know, it was a. It was a cool. It was a good night. It was a good night. So you now you've you've grown up. You've embraced fatherhood and. Actually, it sounds like you know a, a lot of your whole orientation is towards what responsibility, taking seriously your place in society. Would would that those be big values in in, in your in your world? Yeah, however reluctantly at times, but you know, really, uh, really becoming a dad just changed so much for me in terms of my outlook. You know, just to think because I had a, I had great parents. And my, my parents provided all these opportunities for me. They worked so hard. And, you know, when you have your own kids, you really you have to pass that on. And But it's not until you have them that you sort of understand just how total that responsibility is and how all-consuming it is. And there's something, my dad used to say, you know, you're only as happy as your most miserable kids. And, um, you know, I just thought, okay, whatever. But, you know, once you actually, 
you don't understand it till you have them. How true that is. It's an amazing way of rewiring your software. And uh, do, do you think that in the same way that you have your parents' heart towards your children, that's the type of attitude our politicians should have towards our country? That they should have well, almost yeah, like a parental attitude towards us. No, I don't think that goes too far. I think um, <laughs> you know, you know, you can't. That's the, that the 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 attitude uh, or the the relationship between parents and children is completely natural, and you know, it's it's organic and it occurs because of you know how we've evolved and things like that. And there is sometimes that impulse for that to be replicated in government, but it can't. It just can't be. It's on too big of a scale. And the the better analogy is that uh, those in government should be trustees for those that they govern. You know, and so trustees have very strong duties to promote the interests of the beneficiaries. And uh, but they 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 don't have that same unrequited, unconditional love that you can only have through family. Right. Though that has often been the, the language used by royalty and, and monarchs. And um, I was going to ask you a question about about monarchy, because being a conservative, you'd probably line yourself up with the idea that it's a good idea? Yeah, I'm a, I am a very strong um, constitutional monarchist. Um, but, you know, having said, you know, having said that, you know, if, if we were to design a system from scratch, you know, the idea that we would have these um, these... Anglo-German um, uh, aristocrats, <laughs> you know, like from a, on the other side of the world, a different hemisphere, um, as I head to state, it just it's absurd, right? Yeah. But the thing is, is we're not starting from scratch. You know, we we, we we've evolved. We we we've, we've started from some other place, and we've slowly worked towards our current system, and it works well. Um, and you know, it's we sh- we should sort of appreciate the peculiarity of it and, and, and mostly be concerned with the fact that it works, even if the monarchs leave us in neglect. So, we just, so we just shrug yeah. at it and go, oh, well, it's uh, is it what Winston Churchill called the um, the worst, what the best of all the bad systems or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, well, Winston, Winston Churchill said about democracy, it was the worst of all systems apart from all the others. Yes, well, that's um, it. And, yes, uh, much more and you, could, you, could, you could say something similar about constitutional monarchy. It doesn't make a lot of sense on its head, but you know, it, it's worked. It's worked well for us, and you know, all the best countries. Listen, all the best countries in the world tend to be constitutional monarchies. Yes, actually, the Nordic got, countries are. I've got a, a great quote here from a very wise person. Actually, it was you. You wrote it. Uh, at the heart of conser- <laughs> at the heart of conservatism is the confidence not to be bothered by con- cosmetic contradictions. Something that looks yeah. like a paradox on the surface may rest on harmonious truths below. So you see. You see it as being royalty, oh, some people with sort of magical powers given by God or, or something, and yet <laughs> no, I, as long as we don't believe yeah. that, it's going to work okay or something. Is that as well? There's a certain genius to it, right? And the yeah. genius of it is this, is that the, the political power of the crown is in theory absolute, yeah. right? Yep. But, the, but, the, but the monarch has no legitimacy. And so the monarch doesn't have the mandate to exercise his absolute powers. Hmm. So they've always got to do it in a restrained way. And so, you know, the, when you have a, a monarch, when you have a head of state um, and you don't have a, you know, and the, and the political system can't handle it, hmm. and the head of state has some sort of popular mandate, hmm. that's, when you, that's when you can start to get into real trouble. And, and, the, and the, because the monarch is, it is, is uh, you know, it's this talent, talentless, no-account family... <laughs> 
they don't have, you know, they, they are. That's off the beauty of, of them. They don't have, head. <laughs> yeah, they don't have any, they don't actually have any, um, any mandate to, to meddle or interfere. The only mandate they have is leave us to our own affairs. Yes. But if things were to get very, di- if we were to have a, I don't know, a, di- a prime minister set us up as a dictator or something like that, yeah, yeah. not that we have that anything like that now, but, you know, the, 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 the only intervention the monarch could do would be the minimal intervention required to restore democracy. To hit the reset and button. Th- yep. Yeah, and, 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 and that's, actually quite, that's actually, if you think about it, I mean, we didn't design it that way but it's worked out to be quite a good system. Look, there, I can only identify about 200 topics we could talk about in the last three minutes, uh, <laughs> but I would like to say that um, I admire your courage in sticking your head up above the parapet to get pe- and allow people to shout and yell at you, and there are so many rude things being that, that are said on Twitter about you because you, you express an opinion. What is it about your personality that, that says, I don't mind that people use me for target practice. It must, is it courage? Is it masochism? What is it? I mean, I, I don't think I'd have that courage. Well, I do. I, I mean, I do mind a little bit. It does sting. <laughs> nice it does sting. It's not yeah. nice. It's not nice. But, you know, I mean, ultimately, you know, you get used to it over time. And, um, you know, I, you know, the, I, I have the best wife. My wife's my best friend. Uh, my um, my best friend from college is still a really good mate of mine. Mm. My um, my family is incredibly close. I've got three lovely kids. I mean, you know, they're the people who really count. And um, sort of anonymous people on the internet who, mm. um, you know, have a go at you from, you know, the, the comfort of never being known who they are. I mean, yeah. you, you, there's only so much stock you can put in their opinions, to be honest with you. Yeah. So if the people who I really love love me, that. I'm, I'm a lucky man. You are a lucky man, I think. And we're going out on a bit more music you've picked. What's this last song? This is A Long December by um, The Counting Crows. And it's, um, that sounds it's a song great. about... It's, it's a great song. It's, it's a song about hope. That's a fantastic way to end. Liam, it's been fantastic talking to you. I hope we'll talk again sometime. My guest tonight, to Liam here. This is Real Life on News Talk ZB. Zealand on air.